school when the accident happened in July 2009. So junior to senior year gap, full of independence, right? Don't want to ask anyone for help, like do everything myself. And then I get hit with this, this accident. This is TBI, Talking Brain Injury, from Brain Injury Alliance, Colorado. I'm your host, Phil Lindemann, a four-time recipient of brain injuries that don't even remember, plus a bunch I kind of sort of do remember. You know, having to ask nurses to help me go to the bathroom or walk to the bathroom, right? Like, complete opposite of where, where I was a number of days ago. That was Daniel Gaspadaric. He's the founder of Revitalized Mental Health in Denver. He's a licensed clinical social worker. But what he learned in high school in a car accident is something no one can teach you in a classroom. That's one of the things I talk a lot about in therapy when I'm working with people is this concept of grit and just kind of moving forward. Even grit doesn't mean you don't ask for your help, right? It just means you keep persevering forward. Today in Denver, Daniel is using his experience as a TBI survivor to help clients with all variety of trauma, from divorce to cancer. We talk with Daniel about his brightest moments, his darkest ones, and how a TBI many years ago shaped his mental health practice today. Remember, even when we are talking to a social worker, what we share here is what has worked best for him. Please contact your doctor for the best treatment for you. Welcome back to the TBI podcast, Talking Brain Injury from Brain Injury Alliance, Colorado. And today I'm joined on Zoom with Daniel Gaspadaric. Daniel, good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. Thanks for having me on, Phil. Not a problem. Uh, remind me, where are you at in Colorado? So, Denver. Perfect. You've got an interesting connection to TBI. Your personal and professional life kind of revolve around it. So, well, let's start with personal. You've had some experience yeah. with TBI yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. So, um, July, 2009, I was in a pretty severe auto accident and I was a passenger. It was only a one car, a one car accident, but, um, yeah, I had to have a, a craniotomy, had a brain bleed and stroke and fractured my skull. Left lung was collapsed. So I was, you know, in the, in the throes of it, had to have brain surgery, did 10 days in the ICU, seven days inpatient rehab, and then three months of physical therapy, and then 17 months of speech therapy. The whole gamut. <laughs> yeah, right there in about 30 seconds. Oh, man. Uh, where was this at? Was that here in Colorado? No, it was actually in my home state of Wisconsin. You know, I, I've talked to lots and lots of people on this podcast and car accident. It is one of those common threads. I would say half the people I talk to have been mm -hmm. victims of a car accident. It's just unfortunately such a common way to hurt not only your body, but your brain. Yes. Yes, I I agree. It's definitely one of those pieces that can add the external force that's needed to really harm the brain or injure it, right? Most definitely. Talk about your recovery. So like you said, you went through a lot, uh, ICU and then also yeah. the, the post-trauma recovery. Looking back on it, which of those moments do you feel like, you know, was the most difficult to overcome? You know, the one that just felt like it took the longest or was, you know, maybe the darkest moment for you? Yeah, I... I think there was a there was a, a definitely a bump in the road when I kind of started coming off that ICU stay into that inpatient rehab the first few days because that was really where it was like okay now I need somebody to help me as you know so I was going into my senior year of high school when the accident happened in July two thousand nine so junior to senior year gap and full of independence right don't want to ask anyone for help like do everything myself and then I get hit with this 
this accident. And from there, going into that inpatient rehab stage, you know, having to ask nurses to help me go to the bathroom or walk to the bathroom, right? Like complete opposite of where, where I was a number of days ago. So that was where, A, I was really kind of coming to grips with some of the, you know, denial was only going to go so far, right? It is real and nothing's going to fast track you through this. I think another, another really hard part was after I did get back home in realizing some of those challenges with sleep and fatigue that are kind of hallmark with, with a lot of TBIs, you know, sleeping 16, 17 hours a day, having to take a nap or two for two or three hours in the midst of the day, or being so tired, like I can't even do homework or focus on anything. So that was the other part of like, is this ever going to get better? Yeah, like you said, and that's a tough age to go through it because you are like prime time ready to just be out there in the world doing the teenager thing, the young adult thing, and then boom, car accident, and suddenly you're back to, well, like you were saying, denial only goes so far. Um, yeah. Y- you've got to take assistance from people at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but it's going to make it a lot, a lot harder. <laughs> That's the truth. You, you could, you, you could go through it on your own, but um, yeah. man, having that community, the support systems around you, it goes miles and miles. And especially when I talk to folks like yourself, people who have been, um, you know, a couple years, five, 10, 15 years removed from their brain injury, they look back mm-hmm. on it and most of them are just so thankful that they had those support systems. So on the mm-hmm. on the flip side, I asked you about your darkest moment. What about some yeah. of those moments that you felt like things were finally getting back to, you know, I am recapturing me? Yeah, I I think there was, you know, those little sparks that kind of just show up here and there. I would say one of them was, um, I don't know, people call them different things like choice points, pivot points, right? Those moments where you're like, no, like this is where I'm going to start using these kinds of moments of trauma as sounding boards, right? To lift your life into better or lift lift your life into a different direction, right? And I think one of one of those actually occurred in the ICU despite like the intensity of everything was when the doctor told me I wasn't going to graduate my senior year of high school with the cohort that I started with. And then I told them I would. And then that's where it kind of started, right? And then just like going on and it was the second semester of senior year, we had the block schedule. I'm not sure if you or your listeners are familiar with that. So in high school, we only had four classes a day, but they were like an hour and 25-ish minutes. And just given the credit load that I already had completed and passed, the first semester I could go a half day or the first semester I went two half days, right? So I just did two, two classes a day. And then by the second semester, I was able to do one full day, right? And then one half day. So like looking at the wins, but I would say like the wins start to get stretched out over more time, the farther you get out from your TBI, because your body heals rapidly at the beginning. And then it's like all these small things that slowly come down the road, like going from going from two half days to one full day, right? That's a win. Even though like looking in the midst of it, you're like, well, this is a slow process. <laughs> but looking back, you're like, wow, like that was a big jump for me. I don't need to take a two hour nap anymore. 
Yeah, perspective makes mm-hmm. a world of difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, tell me, the doc told you you're not going to do this. You know, and, and, you know, most people say, you know, doctor, he's the professional. He knows what he's talking about. What was mm-hmm. it? That, how were you able to overcome that? Was it just willpower or was it, I guess, what helped you actually meet those goals? Yeah. Um, I think it was a little bit of everything. So willpower, like grit. That's one of the things I talk a lot about in therapy when I'm working with people is this concept of grit and just kind of moving forward. Even grit doesn't mean you don't ask for your help, right? It just means you keep persevering forward. And I think that part, how I was raised in in rural Wisconsin farming, right? I was also grew up in athletics. So like that mentality of you know, seeing an obstacle and being like, yep, like, let's go, right? Like, let's, let's go through this. Those are all components that can really show up when adversity hits. And we're all going to have those moments. And it might not just be TBI, it could be something vastly different, right? Like a house burns down, or maybe it's cancer. But life's going to hit hard sometimes. Yeah, life can hit as hard as a car crash or a fire yeah. or, or or a divorce or or any of these, right. you know, life moments that um well, perseverance and and hopefully a good groundwork helps too. Do, do you mm-hmm. feel like, you know, talking about athletics and and growing up, um do you feel like you had a good, you know, root system to help you through your accident? Yeah. I I think that's probably one of those pieces. I know one of the components that the medical team was talking about in the ICU was the level of physical fitness that I did have at the time of the accident probably also helped me absorb quite a bit of impact from from the actual accident itself. So there, you know, there are these pieces where, you know, going to the gym is it can help you in the long run, right? It can help all these things, but it can also give you that mentality, right? It can also strengthen your body to physically endure some of the 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 challenges that this life will throw at you. And I'm not saying going to the gym and lifting weights, it could just be running or right. Whatever it is, strengthen your body through yoga practices or hiking, right? Like there are many different ways of doing it. Mine was just the gym. Yeah. And I think a lot of people discover those after their brain injury, you know, maybe a, a yoga or mindfulness or hiking or any of those things weren't something that they were into before their injury, but it's been one of those things that they've found and really grown mm-hmm. to love as part of recovery. Um, yeah. I mean, these life events sometimes can really shine a light on where are our values, right? What are we doing with our lives? I agree. Well, and you know, that physical fitness aspect, like you mentioned, um, luckily that was something the doctors told me too. Um, so my accident, I had a snowboarding accident, ran into a tree mm. going about mm. 35, 40 miles an hour. Um, mm broken arm, hit my head, broke a leg, did all this stuff to myself. And the docs said, you know, luckily you're young. Yeah. You're pretty fit. I'd give you good chances of recovering if you stick with it. Yes. And that was the key part for all of them was that you're like, Hey man, you've got everything there to recover and recover fully, maybe even be stronger than you were to begin with, but you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part is not only doing the work, but also being patient enough because it's almost like forced patience because you you sometimes don't have, you sometimes don't have anything else to go off of. 
because of the situation you're in. You're just like, well, I can't do anything anyway. So it's almost, it's like, like I use that term forced patience, right? And you just endure and you keep moving, right? In terms of mentality, strengthening your mind, strengthening your body, right? Using your support system. Yeah. Forced patience. I, I mean, my, I always go back to, um, the moment that sticks out in my mind from immediately after the accident was, you know, when I left the hospital and I was, uh, staying with my parents for two or three weeks before I, you know, could really get back to, you know, living solo, um, showers mm-hmm. and, because, you know, I had a broken leg, I had a broken arm, like one whole side of my body was busted up and mm-hmm. I couldn't get the leg wet for the first week mm-hmm. or so. But I also couldn't get that stupid rubber sock on with my busted arm. And so, like, I'd be sitting there and I was like, oh, my God, it's been taking me 20 minutes just to get ready for a freaking shower. Mm -hmm. And I would get so aggravated. Uh, And I would just, oh. And for those first two days, I just, I guess I didn't have the, um, no, I didn't have the tools I needed to calm down, relax, take a breath, sit back and realize, hey, it's going to take you a little longer to do this. I just, I wanted to be better right away. I wanted, Mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, be able to deal with what my body was going through more comfortably than I could. And looking back on it, I guarantee part of that anger and frustration was uh, tied back to the brain injury. The fact that, you know, I had rocked my head pretty hard too. And so I was, I had those hallmarks of, you know, quick to anger and, uh, and just absolute frustration and exhaustion at easy tasks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the impulse control challenges and there's a whole host of kind of, I don't want to say it's always common symptoms of TBIs, but they seem to show up in various ways, but, and those are so hard to, so hard to notice because it maybe feels out of character and it just feels out of character identity because maybe we're not able to do the same things we used to do. Right. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't go snowboarding with, with my TBI. Cause I, I have a high risk of another TBI, right? Like I need to be able to watch some of those things. And then there's grief and loss and identity shifts that, that are fairly profound. Right. I mean, given mine was when I was 18, 19 years old versus somebody who's in their forties, who's maybe, maybe in high income earner for a family. Right. And now they can't do that job. And then it's like, whoa, total change in socioeconomic status, total change in functioning, right? Confidence, self-esteem, all these pieces get brought in. And Daniel, I feel like I'm getting a free session from you because your professional life (laughs) fits into all this too. Uh, What do you do professionally? Yeah, so um, I do own a private practice called Revitalize Mental Health right here in Denver. And then we do telehealth throughout the whole entire state of Colorado. But um, we one of our areas of focus is TBIs and the trauma that, that comes that TBIs sometimes carry. And I say sometimes because sometimes it's, you know, a TBI is also a mild concussion from a sports injury, right? But it's can still rattle the brain to where, you know, concentration or focus is disrupted, sleep is impacted. So that's one of the areas, you know, obviously we work a lot with just trauma without TBIs, but then the mood disorders, the depression, the anxiety um, that comes with a lot of the, a lot of the bigger illnesses that are out there in terms of schizophrenia, bipolar, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Talk about TBI in particular when it comes to mental health. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've hopped, we've hopped on a lot of different, or I'm sorry, we tapped on a lot of different subjects that TBIs can create, right? Challenges with sleep, right? So insomnia, grief and loss, identity shifts, challenges with anger, rage, right? Zero to 60 quickly. Um, and then also the components around self-esteem, self-worth. Am I going to be able to do what I used to do? Can I do it in a different way? So, so all those pieces kind of get wrapped into the TBI, but they can also create anxiety, maybe even depression of why even try, isn't this hopeless, right? And then that's what that's where we kind of look at, okay, can we target maybe some of those pieces with therapy to see if we can create some space, right? Some healing, maybe some shifts in quality of life or perspectives. So that's kind of how we how we work with TBIs. I mean, we don't do, you know, speech therapy or physical therapy or anything like that, but it's more of the cognitive aspect that sometimes people struggle with in terms of TBIs. Yeah, and I know so I, I guess I've got a hypothetical for you. Um I, I've got a, a mentee right now through BIAC um who's relatively fresh to his injury only a couple months out um and he's going through a lot of these issues right now uh that loss that uh, confusion um also you know feels like just um uh, the patient's issues um and he yeah. recognizes these things you, you know when we talk he says you know i see that this is happening but i can't get over it what kind mm -hmm. of advice do you have for somebody like him who's like you know i, I recognize this stuff but I, I just cannot get over it yeah and, and this is where it becomes very hard in terms of therapy because we can't fast track the recovery process, even though we want to so badly, right? And it's learning how to sit with them, which isn't an easy answer. So there's a lot of acceptance, a lot of peace. And then, like you said, like that person's struggling with patience, but maybe patience is the actual answer. I found one thing when I'm working with, uh, you know, my mentees at BIAC that, um, you know, sometimes simply sharing stories, sharing experience can mm -hmm. go, can really go a long way. Um, and the thing that I try to do is uh, I've been trying to share those experiences in a way that doesn't sound like, well, this worked for me, so it should work for you. Mm -hmm. Just trying to tell the story through my story, not trying to come up with a moral or a, you know, a lesson at the end, just let my story speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing our stories. They're powerful. It's how it's one of the ways we heal as, as humans, uh, just sitting in the discomfort or the, the challenge also teaches a lot of distress tolerance skills and a lot of acceptance skills. If there are components in there too, that are maybe depending on how the TBI was sustained, right? We could target those with like eye movement desensitization and reprocessing as long as we get the green light from, you know, neurology and stuff like that to try to heal some of those specific areas. And that can sometimes create a little bit of space or a little bit of room where people are like, yeah, like, I know this is going to be a challenge, but I also realize I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, and I don't want to say something as uh, trite as time heals all, but t time really does help. Um, it does, and there's a lot of patience when, within a year, right? Yeah, like you yourself was saying, uh, you, you know, in the time it didn't feel like anything big or that it was happening mm -hmm. fast enough, but you look back on it and you're like, wow, I made some real gains 
Yeah. yeah. And just, just trying to slow things down. Right. Cause we want to, I mean, we live in a very fast paced society. Most people who also sustain TBIs are from that fast paced society. So being able to try to pump the brakes, right. Slow down. Just realize the small things that are shifting, right. Week to week, month to month can also give you, give you some of that. I don't know. what What's the word I want to use? Almost like hope, hope that things will continue to shift throughout the throughout the next six months right year yeah the hope the fuel the uh, the fire that you need to keep on going and say hey you know what this is working mm-hmm. exactly um now daniel my last question for you then is uh for you any lingering effects from your tbi uh things that you still struggle with when i'm very tired i will still struggle with the word finding um, so finding that right word and that was something a lot of my speech therapy was centered around um i can almost see the word but i can't say it and that's just something you know i've gotten good at googling <laughs> What's the word that I want to say here, right? Or or what's the word that means X, Y, Z, right? And then it'll come up or I'll see like, I'll see a synonym and I'll be like, oh, that word, right? And and that happens when I'm very tired. My fatigue for the most part has gone away unless it's like building like two or three nights, like one of our kids isn't sleeping that well. And then I'm like, wow, like this hit me, right? Um, but right after... I mean, some of those hallmarks, impulse control, anger to rage very quickly, insomnia. I mean, just just the general fog of a TBI was there for the first maybe six, 12 months. I understand the uh, search for words. Mm. <laughs> I've used this before with a lot of people, but I say, you know, Sometimes being inside my head feels like a filing cabinet that was alphabetized by somebody who doesn't know the alphabet. Mm-hmm. It's in there. I know it is, but mm-hmm. I can't freaking find it right now. <laughs> there is yeah. no way I'm going to come up with it because, well, it got shuffled around somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a lot of those, I mean, people, a lot of people have TBIs. Certain certain tracts of the population have more TBIs than others, right? Especially when you look at the incarcerated population. Um, so so looking at some of that and being like, well, what are some of these, you know, effects on larger societal structures, right? Income, quality of life, usage of of different types of programs, right? And what what kind of supports can we create to support folks kind of in the throes can go a long way. It's one reason why I do love, uh, you know, uh, outfits like BIAC. So many, mm-hmm. op- yeah, so many opportunities through BIAC for free, effective, and just uh, constant help. Th- there's always something going on through BIAC, it feels like, whether it's virtual or in person. Yeah. Yeah. And community is huge, right? Especially in terms of healing. Well, Daniel, one more time, uh, the name of your practice. Yeah, it's called Revitalized Mental Health. It's right off of Evans and I-25. All right. So if uh, if somebody does need your help, they can reach out and hopefully, well, f- find maybe the help that they've been missing. Yeah, for sure. 
Thank you so much for having me, Phil. I really appreciate the time here. Yeah, love your insight and especially um, the work that you're doing with TBI folks uh, in that mental health space. Um, Because, you know, it's more than just healing the body. It's healing the brain, Mm -hmm. the whole brain. Yeah, and the mind-body connection. Great. Well, Daniel, thanks again. Appreciate your time. And uh, best of luck as you keep on healing up. Glad to hear that, uh, you know, those those lingering effects have mostly faded for you yeah thank you so much phil you too good to have you here on uh, the biac podcast tbi talk of brain injury